right. It's the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Adam Rappaport. On this week's episode, we got my good pal Gabe T back along with Carl Music, our food director. Uh, Gabe is our, our everyman cook. Uh, you might remember him from the Super Bowl episode back in February, uh, along with our Project Cookery episode a few weeks ago. Gabe and I and Carla, we talk about grilling this week. Everything from how to cook a whole fish, which is not really my thing, to smoking a brisket, which is much more my thing, to the best wings you'll ever make, which is everybody's thing, unless you're vegetarian, I guess. But, you know, anyways, go with me here. Oh, yeah, and, and the one tool you need, which apparently is a headlamp, and I don't own a headlamp, and now I feel like I need to get a headlamp. Anyways, listen, you'll understand that all, but... Before we get to our, our grilling extravaganza, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com and ask us your cooking questions. Like, what are you struggling with? What techniques have you had a hard time getting a handle on? What recipes can't you master? Email us. We'll get on the phone with you, and we will put your question and your voice on the Bon Appetit Foodcast coming up because we want to hear from you guys. All right, let's talk grilling. Okay, so Carl, you might have seen on my Instagram account, mm-hmm. I posted a picture of a grilled ribeye this oh, weekend. Oh, I saw it. I have literally looked at that photo more than I have looked at photos of my own son. I know. The funny thing is that not only did you post it on Instagram, then it got regrammed by the BA.com account, and then you emailed it to us yesterday. I was like, I, I got it. It's the most gorgeous <laughs> thing I have ever created, including, I love my son Marwan, but this is even better more than More beautiful? More beautiful. Okay. See, yeah. I, don't, I don't really have Instagram. What? I, I don't have Instagram. Because you haven't downloaded it. I just, yeah, I just don't have it. I okay. don't have the social. Yeah, it's very lo-fi, but I, all right. So the the, the, the ribeye. No, Adam, you emailed it to me too. <laughs> <laughs> I saw but it. It's just like this perfect seared crust. Yeah. Perf- I have abs- some comments, actually. Rare I, I, have, I have some comments. And cut beautifully I think you hit ground. it. I think you cooked it a little hard on that side. No. See that Anyways, ring of gray? You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> Anyways, and also when you're carving a ribeye, you've got to sort of take out that the, the decal, that sort of yep. the, the, the flap on the outside. That's actually my favorite separate. part. That's the most tender part. And then slice that across the grain, then slice the inner eye across the grain. Oh, my God. It was so good. One reason I was so satisfied, as you guys know, when you grill on charcoal, like, Mm -hmm. you don't know. Sometimes you're going to get massive flare-ups, and you're going to overcook your $65 with the ribeye. Sometimes you're going to undercook your steak, and then you got to put it back on the grill. And it's like, yeah. And that's why I think grilling, these charcoal grilling is so satisfying because – yeah, it's, it's very a active cooking. It, exactly, there's no like set it and forget it. No, no, you're cooking. Okay, but my my big problem, and this is why I come to you two grilling aficionados. I feel like I grill ribeyes like that's I, I I don't I don't have much of a uh, uh, a repertoire when it comes really? to grill. I grill a lot of the same thing. That's it, fine. It's like I wear the same blue shirt every day. Yeah, and I'm kind of the same <laughs> with grilling. I what I grill, I think I grill really well. I have I have a knack for grilling meats. But I don't know. I'm not adventurous. Was that just a salt and pepper kind of seasoning? You know what I did this time? What did you do? I did salt. And then at the last minute, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of sugar on here also because I know a lot of dry Ooh. rubs are often salt, yeah. sugar, and spice. Brown, su- brown sugar? No, I just did regular sugar just because also brown sugar, I think, burns more quickly. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just had some regular sugar. I just threw it on there. I was like, what the heck? How did it turn out? Well, you saw how it turned out. Well, I don't have case, smell In case you're listening at home, Rapo4 is my Instagram handle, R-A-P-O numeral four. I'm sorry. I'm just so proud of this. What I was going to say about about my Instagram that I, <laughs> that, you don't Adam, have. that I don't have. Adam <laughs> is basically my like personal Instagram. So when I'm feeling proud of something that I've grilled or cooked, I just send it to Adam. He I'm texts lo- me like nine photos of the pizza just, he's making. I'm just looking for some feed, and then you, feedback. As long as you get just one like or from Adam, you're happy. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. 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 Exactly. He's get the one, editor-in-chief of Mon Appetit. One big away. All right. So, all right. All right. All right. But I want to – so I want to talk about each of you guys, what you've been growing this summer, last summer. Uh, Carla, I want to start with you to get off the meat wagging because – you talk about a lot of interesting seafood you you grill up. Can we, yeah. Let, give us, hit, hit us with some of your specialities. All right. You want to get into yeah, cephalopods and bivalves yeah. yep. and stuff like that? Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> so one of my favorite things, which is probably not new maybe to our listeners. I don't know. Let us know. Um, I love to grill a clam on the grill. And there's two ways you can do it. You can grill clams directly on the grill grates. And as soon as they pop open, you have to lift them off and put them off to the side. Are you, any size of gr- clam I love. You a, I like a little neck. So little necks also can be a range. So like tell your guy, I want your littlest little necks, yep. your tiny necks. Yep. So the way that I, this is one thing that I love to do. If I'm grilling them directly on the grates, the minute that they, that they open, you have to lift them off with a pair of tongs. And it's sort of like... You just have to have a steady, steady hand. It's like playing Operation. Yep. Because that clam liquor. <laughs> you want the juice. <laughs> you want the juice, and it's the in there. Yeah. The, cl- yeah. the clam liquor is in there. And, you know, as you're lifting it off, it's just a heartbreaking thing. Like just the spill it out. juice comes out, and <sighs> then it's like sizzling on your, you're like, I need that stuff. Yep. So you can play around with that. Off to the side, what I like to have RTG, Yep. just to make my 13 year old really annoyed. Ready to go. Ready to go. Uh, I like to say G to G. G to G? Good, Good to go. To go. Good I like to go. that too. So big platter, some room temperature butter. Doesn't even have to be melted. Just room temp butter. Bunch of grated garlic or chopped up very finely garlic. Ginger, same. You could grate it. You can slice it. You can, you know, mandolin it. And scallion also. Mm. Thinly sliced. Okay, so that's all just... Hanging out with the butter. What about like parsley or some fresh sure, herb? Sure, you yeah. could do totally. Yeah, we were talking about that before. Any herb, I guess, with that combo. I mean, the scallion is kind of acting like yeah. your herb in that scenario, mm-hmm. but cilantro would be good. Yep. Basil would be good. Any of those Thai basils be great. Um, and then as the clams come off, you're just getting them as quickly as possible onto that platter. And the warmth of the clam and the clam liquor mm. is going to melt your butter. Mm. So you just don't even have to like bother mm-hmm. with the extra step and then once all the clams are on just toss toss everybody around get them get them to know each other and eat it with your hands maybe the, some bread on the side yeah the smokiness of that fire yeah. is going to infuse into that clam um obviously you don't want to overcook it they get rubbery and kind of as soon weak as they and, pop and, open they're done yeah and 100 percent. and you know you're going to have some you're going to have some weird action. Some aren't going to pop open. Right. And sometimes the shell's going to kind of explode and you might, you know what I mean? You might have like a ha- a weird, like kind of sharp looking half shell situation. That has never that's happened a- to me. That ha- That's happened to you? It, it happens. Wow. It happens. I so would you- like, I would, I would recommend serving with that, taking some baguette or. Yeah. Is pandemi the right, what kind of, what's a pandemi? Pandemi is more of a, it's like a Pullman. Um, oh, okay. It's a dense, like. So what's like your basic boule, your basic. Yeah, sourdough any kind of loaves. a nice sourdough. And charring that on the grill. Oh, delicious. With a little olive oil, maybe yeah. a garlic rub, and then yes. serving that with the clams. You have to have dips, yeah. for sure. Do you usually serve these clams as like a first course? Yeah, or it's like it? a really easy thing when people just come over and they're like, you got to give them something, something to eat right then and there, but you're not like grilling a giant steak or waiting for things to rest. So it's a great little appetizer. 
And if your friends are really your friends, they're going to eat it with their hands. Yep. And if they're not, they're going to be like, do you have a plate or a fork? And then that's how you know whether or not, not these people back. are your friends. Yeah, exactly. You're either you're in or you're out. Um, but if you don't, if you don't feel super maybe confident with your, if it's your first time doing the clams and you're a little worried about the whole like getting it off the grill before you lose any of the juices, just put a cast iron skillet on the grill, put a little olive oil and butter in there and let them open up in the mm. safety of the pan and then just dump that on top of the platter and proceed. We, we've talked a lot about the cast iron skillet on the grill as, a, as an essential tool for doing smash burgers or maybe anything. What else? Fish I mean, fry. Fish fry. Yeah, filling up with oil and doing some deep fry. I had, I borrowed one from the BA kitchen last year. Like yeah. a big 17 inch yeah, lodge. Haven't, actually haven't, haven't seen it. No, and neither have I. And I'm like, <laughs> what happened to that? And I want to use it. I literally don't know where it is. Really? Yeah, Could it have gotten like overgrown with plants in your backyard? It, that could have happened or might have gone to the basement. Gabe, now you, uh, you're you talking about a marinade that you've been employing lately. I mean, yeah. And and it just so happens, Adam, that you guys are currently plugging said marinade um, on the website. That and is true. I think there was something in the grilling issue, which is timely and dovetails nicely with what we're talking about today. Are you going to let us know? Yeah, I, although I can't pronounce it, so pronounce it for me. Nguoc Cham. Nguoc Cham, which mm -hmm. is an amazing Vietnamese marinade that's really all-purpose. It's great with all proteins. It is sort of the magic trifecta or fourfecta yes. of, uh, <laughs> of, I like it. of fish sauce, yeah. sugar, uh, lime juice, yeah. and you and ch I usually use chili and garlic and kind of hit a bunch of different stuff in there. Yeah, fish sauce, sugar, <laughs> lime juice. That's the trifecta, and then the fourfecta is ch is chilies. The fivefecta is garlic. The sixfecta is um, cilantro. Great, right? This combination of things in. I would hit the cilantro after the thing. Comes yeah, at, off. at the end. At the end. <laughs> yeah. What about? Is there any oil involved? Do no. You, no. No. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. But. Marinade, you use it as a marinade. It's also like an amazing dipping. I do. I use it as a marinade and a finisher. Cool. Right? So you- Ooh, ooh question. Yeah, go ahead. What about if you want to glaze while the thing's on And a glazer. Grill? And yeah. a glazer. So basically- Try purpose. Basically, like let's take, for example, a recipe that we freestyled off of the Pok Pok book for Ike's Vietnamese wings. The, Great. The, the fish sauce wings that Pok Pok is very famous for. Famous. And they are very delicious. They are- uh, that That is done- in the restaurant in a deep fry situation and then moves into a wok with a where, where it gets glazy and smoky and awesome. You can do this on the grill with tremendous results. Yeah. It's the same situation. You you marinate the um, the wings for quite some time, maybe overnight in a, a, a Ziploc. Uh, you've got your marinade of fish sauce. I believe there's some water, um, a lot of chopped garlic. Mm. Um, the lime juice and the sugar, mm. very important. This sits overnight. You pull those bad boys out. You bring them up to te room temperature. You get them ready for your grill. Then you've actually saved some of that marinade on the side for the glaze mm. and for the final toss, right? Wow. I would say, and that's one of those essential grilling moves, regardless, always save half your marinade for glazing while the meat is do on you, the grill. Do you, are you supposed to reduce it or bring it to a boil? Yes. Oh, I like I that. Mean, Just that, because it's chicken. That's what I, that's what I do. If I'm using the marinade that I, that the chicken was sitting in, yeah. 100%. But if you pull some aside oh, separate, from the beginning. separately, yeah, from oh, the beginning. Four. Yeah, if you've pulled some aside separately, you can just rock with that. You don't, totally. you don't have to. But for the grill, 
when you start to reduce that marinade, it starts to get syrupy and yeah. glazy. Yeah. There's a lot of sugar in there. Yeah. There's chicken. Yep. There's a hot grill. Yep. Might you have burned these wings once or twice on your grill? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, have I'm, you have you learned from your mistakes? One hundred percent. You got to go slow and low with those bad boys. You need a, a really slow, yeah. simmering fire. Yeah. Um, we can steer this conversation into the big ring egg thing, which really allows you to well, control. We can get them. there, but I think in general, wings. Like, yeah, you could do you can do it on a Weber. I love like, a wing did, over medium heat. Yeah. Have we have we mentioned the gorgeous ribeye I grilled this weekend? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, you want medium high heat for that for wings, chicken with that, especially wings because the fat to meat ratio is so high. Yeah, medium in a, in a wing is all low. skin and fat basically. You kind want that medium low food. so that the, the skin has time to render, the fat has time and to render. And you're not burning. You're not dealing with flare-ups. And as I always say, through. no one likes medium rare chicken. <laughs> <laughs> no, that so is you, true. So you, you, you cook them and you've, you've got your, your, your extra marinade, whether you've uh, reduced that over the stove or not. Um, you are gla- you're glazing those. I mean, I do a lot of stuff with the, co- with the cover. I do too. Um, I I will put I will cover it up so that it creates a less of a flame environment and more of a smoke environment and a and roasting co- environment and a roasting environment and get that going and then I'll pull them off and let the fire reactivate and I want that crispy skin on the outside and then you know you can finish it just by tossing it with the with the with the finish but the the trick the the, the thing that makes <laughs> it really crazy delicious is you take a whole mess of chopped garlic yeah. and you fry it up in a pan Ooh. and you pull that to the side right and at the end in the bowl with the cilantro extra limes and then the 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 sort of caramelized garlic yeah. like I'm talking about a ton of it I love that in the thing forget about it I mean Adam we've mm. we've mm. sounds so good We've crushed these a couple of times at game at, at games in the house. Oh, in I don't the know, house, yeah. So I don't, I don't know, know if, if you ever had them on the grill. It's just as good, yeah, if not better. No, I, I like because I've, I've always, I've always yeah, I've always had the home version. I have not been out to your beach uh, abode, um, yeah. but it's uh, piqued my curiosity. Um, speaking of temperature and grilling temperatures, again, you like the whole fish on the grill, Carla, and I, I think do. that's something that intimidates a lot of people in terms of how hot or not hot or sticking or like. Yeah, can you, can I think you give us a fish, crash course? I think fish skin and and grilling fish really freaks people out. And it's because of all of those things. Like even in a pan in your kitchen, I think that doing fish scares people. Um, that it's going to rip, that you're going to overcook it. It oh. is, and it is more delicate. It's a less forgiving protein. Um, but it is so great grilled and it is just a, also it's like get the fish outside. A lot of people don't want to cook fish in the house mm. because they, don't like the smell, so that's like another, you know, incentive. This is a great way to do it. Um, all right, so what needs to happen to cook fish on the grill? Uh, first of all, what fish or what's a good whole fish to grill? That you you want to like? do a round fish, um, so things as in the – As a flat fish, fish. which so, is a flounder. Right, like flounder, fluke. Um, fluke, those are really delicate. They have very, like – shallow fillets um so it's just like no wiggle room there so i like snapper bronzino uh black bass stripers stripers i love grilled stripers we do it in montauk i stay away from cod halibut like i want something with with skin okay um so even when i'm doing just fillets i'll stick to those fishes salmon if it's the right size salmon can be great um, Arctic char can be delicious grilled too. So I would go with any, any of those. So the really key thing is I would say medium to medium high fire. I'm doing like a two third to one third 
charcoal to cold, like, safety zone, Mm -hmm. right? So if I need to, I have this, like, one-third of the grill that doesn't have lit charcoal underneath it. And your grill has to be really clean. You cannot mess around with Mm. some caked-on, baked-on thing from the last time you were doing glazy (laughs) chicken wings and all that stuff is just stuck on there. Are you treating that grill or are you putting The way that I usually do it is I preheat it. I put the grate on. I let the grate get really, really hot. Try to carbonize as much of that stuff as possible. Take the wire, wire brush, brush it down, get it hot again. You just can't have anything stuck on there. And then some people go for the balled up tinfoil in the tongs and use that. Just just get yourself a wire brush. Do you use that? No, no, but I was going to ask, after you get it nice and clean with the brush and you have the heat going, do you then take like a paper towel dipped in vegetable oil or something yeah, and rub that? I, that's what I was wondering. Um, yeah, use tongs and then run that oiled paper towel back and forth on the grates. You need them to be very clean and greased, but okay. this fish is gutted and it's been scaled. It, I'm, I know this is not Adam's favorite thing. Mm. It's got its head on. It's got its tail on. Okay. And inside, maybe there's a few slices of lemon. And if I had some thyme or some basil, I might tuck that in there. I might take fennel fronds. Mm. I might do nothing. Do Adam. those? Uh, is that just for show, or do they act? Do those little stuffings actually impart any flavor to? I the think that meat? they do okay. because the if it's. A turkey, I don't know. Is it really? The most important thing is you don't have to do all of that stuff, but you do have to season the cavity. Yes. So salt and pepper, the inside of the cavity, if you do nothing else, do that. What about the outside? I'm oh, yeah. Same, same. Okay. I mean, I think okay. most people right. know to sprinkle it on the outside, but yeah. they might like skip. You know, yes, the guts were there. The guts are gone. Now you just open that guy up. Salt and pepper. That really makes a difference because think about the skin is like a waterproof layer, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was the part that was between the fish and the and the water. Yep. So that, in a way, it doesn't absorb. Like the seasoning that you put on the skin stays on the skin. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't permeate mm-hmm. into the flesh. Yes. But the inside, this is this is the inside. Seasons so you're seasoning that guy. Um, do you put any oil on the skin or do you not? Yeah, exactly. So I was going to say you oil your grates and you oil the fish. Mm, And that is a good like kind of double insurance. Um, So usually olive oil, put it on a rim sheet pan, drizzle the olive oil, turn the guy over, make sure he's, you know, get in there and that he's nice and, and, and oiled up. And then the grates just have to be hot. The fish has to be RTG. So you, when you put it on, you want to hear like sizzling right away. And the key thing, I mean, with any kind of grilling or searing, just if if you go to turn it and it won't turn, just chill out. Yep. If you force it at that point, that is when you tear the skin. That is when you ruin things. That is when you, you fail as a host and you feel crappy and that skin comes off. And the inside of the meat then is like getting charred. It's, n- it's no good. So I do recommend having a nice- like Freaked out. A yeah. nice thin- fish spatula to get under. Um, And when you can see that you have some like nice, dark, crispy looking things where the grates and the, and the fish are connecting. So it's getting crispy. 
and it should naturally release itself. It should. When, once it's nice and crisp, yeah, it so should come off fairly go, easily. Like, like you said, you go a little bit gentle, maybe start at the mm. head end, you know, take your spatula on an angle, just make sure everybody's releasing, kind of work your way across if you need to. And if you need to use two spatulas, but get underneath and instead of picking this thing up and flipping it over like a pancake, just just imagine rolling it over. Oh. So like, like go omelet. under and just push him gently. over yeah. gently. Yeah. So instead of putting it back on the place that it was yeah. already grilling, which might have a little stickiness because mm. they were already talking to each other, the protein and the grate. Flip over. Can I, I and I don't want because listeners at home, you have to judge your own fighter and your own fish or everything. But say you have a four pound striped bass, about how many minutes on that first side till it naturally naturally releases? Eight. Eight or so. And Something then like that. is the second side usually less since it's already been on the heat for a while? It might be, but again, it's like it's about that side has to release too. Mm-hmm. So the top side was really yeah. exposed to the air. It wasn't really getting that okay. hot. Yes. Um, but it's easy because the fish is is gutted. You can kind of use your tongs and peek inside and like get get an idea on like a chicken leg where it's like a mystery, like you said. You can look inside the the fish and kind of mm-hmm. tell yeah. if you're looking at kind of at where the spine meets the the thickest part of the fillet. Um, you can see what's going on in there. And then the other place to check is um, right on the top fin on the back. You can press that with your finger. You can use a cake tester to go in. You can try to flake it a little bit with the to- end of the tongue or, or a paring knife. And if mm-hmm. it, even if it flakes right at that thickest part, you're, you're good to go. When and again, it, lifting it off is sort of the same process. So when it's done, how would you plate it? For your guests, I like to fillet it for them. Yep, I suppose so. Just you want to dress it at all with lemon? Oh, or? for sure. More olive oil, yep. lemon. Again, if you have a salsa verde, a chimichurri. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now we're talking. You know, yeah. now even we're like talking. I don't know a bunch of hot sauce. I would throw on there. Yep. And um, what are you serving it with? I mean, like, what's what? What are the sides? If you are doing like a straight bass, main whenever course. I grill, I do something raw, like a big salad or a grain salad, because like you don't want everything to come off Thank the you. grill. My wife does, and it yeah, drives she, me crazy. You what? can't. Well, she always wants like grilled radicchio and grilled this and grilled. It's like there's too much grill going. It's too ch- everything it's tastes too charred. Much. And also, it's like there's not enough real estate. Like you've got to kind of use that fire. But she wisely. also makes amazing salads. Your wife. She does, and I would— The grain yeah. salad she makes are out of control. She's a, Yeah, she's a salad maestress. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, no, I, but I agree. I think you want some of that fresh and bracing yeah. to like complement the char. I like a nice grain salad, tons of herbs, more lemon juice, yes. maybe some cucumbers, maybe some, I don't know, crunchy nut in there, whatever. Yes. Your yeah. standard delicious ancient grain grains. salad. Yes. Love an ancient grain. Yep. And then— uh, probably another grilled veg of some kind. Depends what she got at the market. So you grill yeah. something else up. So you're doing two things sure. on the grill, one thing already made. Because the fish is so. taking 10 minutes and like your late fire. Summer, that corn. Yeah. Mm. Late I know. Summer, some cor- August, some corn August. could be nice. Yeah. I don't know. Leeks are coming into my head. I don't even really like leeks, but grilled leeks could be good. It could be fantastic. <laughs> um, Gabe. Yeah. Back to you. Yep. Um, you own a big green egg. I do. You're one of one of the millions, it seems. Yeah, it's incredible. It really is as advertised. It is all. It is all that. It's all that. Yeah. Um, I've been. I've grown and grown big green eggs, but I don't own one. Yep. I should get one. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think you. I mean, you've got a backyard. 
you've actually yeah you've got you've got that you've got that kind of space and you've got that kind of time you should absolutely invest in a big green egg well for some of this you need time and you like to on, on the weekends if you're at the beach you like to do like the pork shoulder or the brisket have you done all these sort of like long term yeah, yeah, deals we've, we've done it all and i did a lot of re you know i did a lot of reading i did a lot of research i consulted the experts and it's also a lot of trial and error right um if you're somebody like me that just loves to drink beer and grill meat and you know which i think <laughs> is an american right um it's uh, it 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 can be really gratifying, and w if you really dial it in, and and like for instance, if you've got like a long slow smoke going, mm -hmm. um, you can like file and forget with that big right. green egg and it, go to and it, go so to the can beach you dial, and how come much back to dinner. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. But how much can you dial in your temperature? Like, it, how does it it's, regulate? It's really it, it's it's magical. Um, it's it's a simple it's what they call a komodo style grill. Uh, the big green egg is just a brand name for it. There are other ones on the market that you can get, um, but I think this one is is really good. Um, there are just little airflow dials at the bottom and at the top of the grill that that allow airflow to come in and, and regulate your temperature. Okay, and they they really provide uh, way, exacting ways to do it. There's a, a a metal slide at the bottom and a and a metal grate. Mm. So that you can really, you know, really dial in your airflow, and then at the top there's a sort of a dial with with holes that allows you to um, regulate the airflow there. It's like, so it's like it's like you're Rick Rubin on you're at the mixing board. Exactly, and you're just dialing everything, and there's a thermostat which tells you exactly what the right. temperature is. Yeah, and, and it's and pretty accurate. It is, and I don't know one, but is the philosophy being that the, the the ceramic walls of the egg are so thick that they can retain all that heat yes. and maintain it at that it's exact like temperature. A, it's like a pork kiln. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Honestly, know all of the mechanics and science and magic that goes into it because you're not a scientist. All, all I, I'm just a guy. All I, then that's why you have me here, right? Um, all I know is that you can build a fire you, if you fill the bowl right um, with charcoal, and they, that's they like recommend a chimney's that you fill worth. It. Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually Sorry. several. It's actually several chimneys worth. It can be. It can be. There's different ways to do it. They give you this starter. They give you one of these little condensed uh, starter chips, you know, that's sort of condensed uh, cardboard or something that's treated with a vegetable wax. If you just plop that literally like on top of a bowl full of, of charcoal and walk away, <laughs> it will create a fire. Wow. It's just, it's, do I don't you, even do you, know how they do it. Do you have to light it first? Yeah, you light yeah, it. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, you light yeah. it. <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> you, all right, wait, all right. <laughs> Hold on. Before we get to the best thing you've cooked on the Big Green Egg the last summer or two, yeah. we're going to take a quick break from a word from our advertisers. All right, we are back. Gabe, so hit me. What, what is what is the tastiest long-term cooking thing you've made on the, the Green Egg the last couple of summers? I mean, I think the first, I mean, everybody, brisket is sort of the holy grail of of uh, barbecue, right? And everybody, and now barbecue is such a big deal and everybody wants it and everybody craves it and they line up for it and they obsess over it and everybody wants to try it at home and everybody wants to do the brisket. I worked my way up to the brisket. I didn't think right. that, I didn't think I was ready. I didn't think I was worthy. Mm. <laughs> so I said, let me just try it. Let me just try doing some ribs. Seems a little bit more forgiving. Yes. Pork, you know, it, on the bone. Seems like I, I can't mess this up. Uh, and I did. I did a couple of times. You messed it up? Yeah, you messed it. You, you, you over, you just you over or you uh. under. Or it, you know how when it falls, when it totally falls apart and you try and pull it off the grill and it's just uh, like, yeah, it's there. over. It's yeah. just like, it, I mean, it's delicious, it but it's like, good. it's not. 
It's not a it's not a rib. It's like pulled pork at that point. Exactly, yeah. and and everybody's going, oh, this is delicious, and you're like, and you're like, I screwed up. I, I, I want to get to brisket, of course, but have you done um, like the psalm style, bow psalm style? Oh yeah, that's order? killer. So talk us through that. That's killer. I mean, it's the it's it's really the same treatment. You can uh, do like a dry rub of of sugar and salt, um, which you would do normally in the oven. Bone in or bone out pork shoulder. Uh, it doesn't matter. I, I I just don't do the bone in. Okay. You I, don't? I, no, I just don't. Why? It I I'm it takes too long. I'm just not that big of a believer in it. Really? I, I haven't I haven't found that it makes that much of a difference. I and I've I've talked to different people, chefs too, who are some of who are like absolutely, and other guys are like, eh, whatever. I mean, it's going to be good. I'm yeah, just curious why you would have a like anti. I'm not. Man, I'm not anti. You just, just. How about this? Whatever you can find. It's less, less big and less heavy. At the, they don't have at the IGA in Montauk. <laughs> right. They don't have bone. They don't have the bone in. Salt, salt and sugar, like a dry rub, and you can you can overnight that in the fridge, um, and then just really low, man, like 200. You can and you can really dial. You can really dial that egg again and peg like 200, 225 for literally six to eight hours. Wow. You can peg it. And Without then, having to open it up or put more charcoal, absolutely or anything. not, absolutely and not. And then, do you glaze it you or never, anything, or brush it, or at the end, you open it up, you open you open your grates up all the way at the bottom and at the top. <laughs> your fi your fire starts to come up and it starts to caramelize on the mm. outside by itself. You don't have to baste it with anything. Mm. Um, you do want to have something to catch the grease sort of underneath the grate. Mm. There's it, the, 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 the way that it works is there's a, a plate setter. There's like a, a ceramic plate underneath that creates offset heat, right? right? That's, that's how it does it. It's an offset cooker. It gives you the smoke without the direct char. Right. So the pork shoulder is great. I've done lamb. I've done mm. lamb shoulder mm. and like to done lamb som before, which is like out of control. Um, ribs, you can do spare ribs or baby backs. I think the, I think, and there's like simple tips that I can give to all of the listeners out there in Foodcast land. Uh, three, two, one, which would be like three hours wrapped Foil will do, right, to retain moisture. Mm -hmm. Two hours unwrapped, an additional hour, like, on the like Blazing. on the smoke. Three, two, one. Or, so wait, or so two, two, you, or say, maybe it's two, two, one. <laughs> oh, you, you, guys, you guys can go back and check that out. It could well, be two, two, one or three, two, one. But that was one of the first things I learned in my adventure of the green egg was the, the rib was the easiest kind of but, thing to master. But when you say unwrapped, you just mean you open it up but still keep it in the foil? Yeah, maybe. I, I <laughs> check it out. <laughs> Check it out. There's different ways of doing it. I would say you can't screw up ribs, and I've made a lot of ribs in my day. Yeah, three uh, two. It's either three two one or, or two, two two one. It's uh, just an hour difference. It's out. It's, it's out there. I'm just saying the information's out there. Speaking of the uh, psalm, uh, one thing I enjoy in terms of Korean style is short ribs on the grill. Love. And, and I never knew until a few years ago, sort of treating boneless short ribs as steak. And and seasoning them well on the outside with any sort of rub, or we had a recipe in the magazine yeah, which was, was more of a moho sort of yeah. sort of. Chris Morocco is in feff. It was yeah. like an almond moho, like roasted red pepper sort of. Yeah, it's it like was a really paste good. And you rub it all over. What about what about like a like a five spice rub? Sure, sure. Like yeah, a but, Chinese five spice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, I, can I finish? Sorry. Yeah, let me finish. So typically. With the with the short ribs that we grew up with, like in the '90s, when everyone was putting short ribs on their menu over yeah. a potato or like partially root puree or some nonsense or celery act, um, you had to cook them for many hours in red wine and deglaze and get all glazy and fall apart tender. These you just 
yeah, they're like nice little cylinders of meat, and you throw them on the grill, and you grill them to medium rare, and then you just slice across the grain like yep. in little sort of like squares. Yeah, sure. God, it was, I mean, so good and so chewy and beefy, but not overly chewy, just like really rich tasting. And so that's been kind of a revelation for me the last couple of years, growing short ribs as steak or in the more traditional Korean style, marinating them, slicing them first and marinating. Or if you get the cross-cut ribeyes with yeah. the little bone parts in them. Uh, short ribs. Short, ribs. Yeah, short ribs, yeah. What did I say? Ribeyes. Oh, I'm, I'm You're short still rib. thinking about short, ribeye. ribs. Yeah, short, short ribs, marinating those in a Korean-style uh, marinade. Um, which we also have a recipe for. What's our recipe online that the simple we have a version? Ver- well, we have two. We have a really great um, beef with, uh, oh, I have to look it up, but it's a really great um, beef with a pear yes. and gochujang and rice wine vinegar marinade. We also have a pork steak shoulder with a gochujang marinade, yeah. which Ooh. I used last week. It was awesome. I did pork chops You're with talking it. my language, not gochujang. Gochujang. Incredible. Delish. Um, and so, yeah, and that's what I've also been doing also, using slicing, that sort of thing, which is kind of fun when you do when you put the meat in the freezer for a little bit. Right. For about an hour. So it's not frozen, but it's very cold. And then you can slice it nice and thin, tossing it in a marinade, and then Grilling it really quickly over really high heat so yes. it caramelizes and getting gets crispy. Just basic bulgogi, and like I said, so this is good. more of a home cook sort of hack version of it. But grated pear, garlic, soy sauce. Uh, the pears in the marinade, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's red pepper flakes, ginger, brown sugar, sesame oil, all that sort of stuff. Oh, that's um, not even the one I was thinking of. Well, that's another was, Chris Morocco. Incredible. Yeah, two for two. Yeah, there's. Was there a Colby one also? I don't know. I, I'm gonna find it. But another thing that is very, very delicious in that freeze it for a little bit, slice it super thin. Just a, you don't even have to marinate it. You can have the dipping sauces after. Is brisket. That was a revelation Uh, because similar to short rib, great marbling, great beefy flavor. And it's like you can cook it low and slow forever or fast and hot. And it's so good. The flavor is amazing. I got a question, Adam, for the the every man out there. Mm. With the short rib, do you you need to really be careful about the fat? Do you need to have – do you need – That's why I always have the safety zone. Yeah. I'm just saying sometimes when you get those beautiful short ribs, they've got a fat cap on the top. And is that going to cause a problem on your grill? If you're doing the cubes, if you're well, you know, if you're doing the sort of the whole cubes. I would say no because the the short – I think when you have the boneless short ribs, you buy boneless short ribs, there's not a fat cap on them. And maybe you're confusing when it's attached to the bone. But there's typically not a fat cap on boneless short ribs. And I while mean, they are well marbled, they don't have those big pockets of fat like a ribeye has. Okay. Yeah, uh, I would say just think of it like, yeah, I mean, if you can handle a ribeye, you can handle any kind of flare-up that's right, going to cool. happen from that guy. And then I also say there's also a basic Kalbi recipe on bonappetit.com uh, that we did like in a uh, Korean Oh, and I primer. found the one I was looking for. What was the that? soy and sesame short ribs. Oh, my God. So from many. Takashi, who is like has a really cool um, restaurant in New York City. In the West and Village. And this one in the West Village. And this one had, oh, this was so genius. It has apple mm-hmm. chopped up instead of the pear, but still for the sweetness. And what's that recipe called? Uh, this one is called soy and sesame short ribs. He loves it with beef. What? Uh, what? Oh, that was the— uh, That was also in the oh, Korean primer. That was a really good one. And uh, 
This, I thought, was really genius. Half a cup of orange marmalade. Perfect. Which has sweetness, but also the bitterness and the sourness. So you get good color. Really cool. Light brown sugar, sesame oil, sesame seeds. God, I'm hungry. And so go to garlic. I, I think that's interesting. I, th- I think just the, the, the introduction of, of sugar or something sweet as a recurring yeah. sort of motif is something we should be mindful of. Totally. Uh, although the only thing is, you, I, I think sugar is more of a danger of burning sort of things than, than is fat sometimes. Yep. You know, yeah, and being, agreed. And that's why you get back to Carla's two-zone fire where you have the hot zone and either no coals to the left or very low coals where you can slide slide meats and, and whatnot, proteins over uh, as there are flare-ups. And I think that we were talking about originally, like grilling is like you're all in. Like you're, you got to be focused and you're moving stuff around and if there's flare-ups – put it to the side. I also think with things like ribeyes, getting back to ribeyes, you got to prop them up on the side sometimes mm-hmm. to get the, the, the sides crispy. Mm-hmm. And maybe I sometimes I'll take those sides, put them off to the side of the grill, lean them to the side just to let them cook a little more without being over totally direct heat. Right. Uh, but yeah, you got to be all in. People are always like, well, how do I do this? And like, you can't just say, oh, four minutes per side. Right. Because like, I don't know how thick your steak is exactly. I don't know how hot your grill is. And you, also you pay attention. part of this is being prepared when you – head out to the grill. Yep. So I like to have a rim sheet tray with all the tools that I think I'm going to need. Love this. Extra dish towels, a knife, my tongs, my... A beer. A beer, <laughs> salt and pepper, my headlamp. Yeah. Like it's all on the tray. <laughs> my headlamp, yeah. She's not joking. Maybe a digital thermometer. <laughs> like it has to be with me. If you, if, if you think yeah, her thirteen, year, if you think her thirteen year old is embarrassed when she says BRB, like watch about when he comes out. I'm like, mom, are you really wearing the headlamp again? Actually, I think he likes it when I wear the headlamp. I think he's like, she's she's not fucking around. This woman is like manning the fire. <laughs> my my tools are a little different. It's like a beer, yeah, a koozie, <laughs> a bandana to tie around yeah. my right. head. Uh-huh. I just Europe seventy two. <laughs> Uh, maybe uh, some, maybe, maybe something rolled up. Maybe I, I just have a different toolbox, <laughs> but it, it all comes together. I am the, and I also have my iPhone because I'm using on Sonos or whatever, and then right. I, just, I just use my iPhone flashlight. Oh yeah, but then, then that's hands, a hand. Yeah, it's not so, hands free. No, but that's why. Then you get Gabe, who's hanging out with you, to hold the flashlight. I'm like, Gabe, can you hold fine, my iPhone? But if you listen to last week's or whenever it was, uh, Brad Leone talking about camping with Adam, which is a hilarious listen. If you have not listened to it, Brad Leone, who's like a world famous outdoorsman, also said most important grilling tool in the toolkit is the headlamp. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, the, do I not. Admit- Mess around. I, I, I got I, a really good one last I mean, summer. I mentioned. I, all right, I, I, I like gear. I got to get one. I, like I, I wrote somewhere recently because, like, the thing is, like, when it's especially if you're lucky enough to be out at the beach or whatnot, and it, the sun is setting, like, that's when you want to be hanging out, right. having a cocktail, talking to your friends. Like, you don't want to be like manning the grill while everyone else is on the deck. And so then you're like, oh, I should get the fire going. You know what I mean? It's like so. You usually, end up starting grilling always mm. later. Because prime- especially, especially you, Adam. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm often in the dark, really. Um, so bring that tray out of all of the things that you need when you start cooking. Because I have also had the experience of like running back in to get something. And then you look back out at your mm. deck and Inferno. it's like there's a fire on the deck. And that's just the worst. I don't know. There's just... It's like 100 degrees outside in New York City today. It's summer. <laughs> it's really summer. It's full on. It's full on. And... And I haven't grilled yet. What? I have not grilled yet this summer. Dude. And I'm like freaking out. Dude. We need to get some grilling going. 
this weekend. Yeah. Done deal. Let's get it done. Carl, Lolly, it. Carl Lolly Music, Gabe Tesserero. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced by Emma Wurtzman and Carrie Polis and edited by Mitra Kaboli. Our theme music is by Valerie and the Grady's with additional music by Nathaniel Wurtzman. We have new episodes every Wednesday. And if you want to tell us about this or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.